0: Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter and our topic today is very early pre-seed burn-off. My guest today is...
1: Ian Epick, uh Canola Council Agronomy Specialist out of the northwest part of Saskatchewan.
0: Thanks Ian. All right, today we're talking about early weed management and we are getting questions about how early is too early. Uh, if you've got a really early spring and uh, you're looking around and you're seeing some, some weeds, um, what, do you, what do you decide, Ian, or how do you decide whether to go after them? What, what, what are the, some of the signs that you'd be looking for?
1: Well, depending where you are in Western Canada, dates can change. So dates aren't really a helpful thing. It's really getting into your field, not just looking at your field from the road, but getting into the field and looking at the weeds and say see if they're actively growing. Obviously, with annuals, it's fairly easy. We see germination, they're actively growing. It's fairly straightforward. When the soil's warmed up for the annuals to start going, might be a good time to start that first application. Winter annuals can be a little bit tougher because obviously they've over especially if they overwinter, but you want to see them actively growing. You want to see new growth growth on them. So I know last year we had a long fall, so we had some we had some larger winter annuals that overwintered. So this year, we want to have these larger weeds already in our fields as the snow melts, but we're looking for new growth. That's kind of the first thing. Get in your field, see if there's some new growth.
0: And how do you tell if it's new? I mean, they could be green uh, over winter green. What what does new growth look like versus uh, growth that happened to stay green over the winter?
1: Yeah, so we're looking for some – the types of active growth we're looking for is – if the old stuff will be kind of dirtier, we'll see maybe some color differences. Quite often we'll see a bit of a color difference in that newer, fresher growth. Um, growing up again, sometimes though, plants will have been squashed or flattened out by various things throughout the winter. So growing up.
0: It won't be so dusty yep. or covered in snow mold or whatever you might get on it. Um, okay, tell me about um, temperature. Is that a factor? I'm assuming it is, but what would you look
1: for? Yeah, so there's no... There's no exact rule when it comes to temperature, but there is some good rule of thumbs to kind of get a base. So if if the nighttime temperature is staying above five degrees or five degrees and above, that means that those plants aren't having to uh, worry about frost overnight. Of course, we're seeing daytime temperatures of 10, 15 degrees that's enough that the, the plants are probably actively growing. If we see uh, average nighttime temperatures below 5 degrees, odds are that the plants aren't growing a whole lot. It takes too long for the temperature to give up to a growing range, and it takes a while. When the plant goes from a frost or a very low temperature and creeping up, it takes a long time for the plant actually to start photosynthesizing. And really we want that photosynthesizing active plant. That's when we're actually getting our herbicide into the plant.
0: And is that when you want to wait to spray as well? So if you do have that warm sunny day forecast after a fairly warm night, um, do do you want to wait until that uh, temperature peaks in the afternoon to spray or would it be okay to spray in the morning knowing that the day is going to be warm at some
1: point? Again, there's no there's no hard and fast rule for it, but picking if you can spray when the temperature's a little warmer, water warmer water, warmer air temperature, hopefully that chemical has a better chance of getting through the cuticle and into the plant. And even getting in it a little bit faster. So yeah, if you can spray, especially early in spring, if you can spray in that afternoon, a nice warm, sunny afternoon, that's probably the best time to spray.
0: When a grower's making a product choice for this early season spraying, is there is there a particular product that, that works better under those circumstances?
1: Uh, well, with that pre-burn, we're gonna go with glyphosate, hopefully tank mix with something, depending on what our subsequent crop is. So glyphosate is kind of our go-to chemical for that. Um, But as far as adding a tank mix partner or the rate of glyphosate, that will change depending on what weeds we have. So when you're in your field. You have to get in your field to see if your plants are actually growing. They're actively growing. So while you're in there, you can figure out what weeds you actually have, what size of weeds we have. And then you can really pick glyphosate, the rate of glyphosate, the tank mix partner for glyphosate. And again, that all depends on what crop we're going to be planting.
0: Are there any adjuvants or or additives that will make products work better in cold or make the weeds more susceptible in cold temperatures?
1: Yeah, there's some different thoughts when it comes to adjuvants, but overall there's no adjuvant that really has been invented that fixes cold weather. If the plants aren't actively growing, it doesn't matter what you're applying, it won't get into the plants. So in Canada, we have glyphosates and they already come with a lot of uh, adjuvants or things built into them, like full load adjuvants. So these ones actually do a pretty good job of getting in because the adjuvants included with our most of our glyphosates are really, really effective at working with glyphosate. There are some adjuvants that might have some other benefits, including reducing drift by changing droplet size. But overall, adding more adjuvants doesn't really improve our improve it. um, Overloading adjuvants might actually in some cases decrease performance. So overall adjuvants do not fix cold weather. So if we're spraying early, we need the temperature, actively growing plants. Those are the key factors. Adjuvants aren't going to fix it if some of those factors aren't there.
0: And I want to talk about, um, you know, the downsides of going too early. Now we know that the efficacy is going to be less under cooler conditions, um, I suppose the efficacy could potentially be zero if, uh, <laughs> if everything's frozen but uh, is is hitting an efficacy of say 50 sixty percent uh, is could there possibly be a good side to that if you are if you're going early I'm just trying to get into a into a sliding scale sort of mindset where yeah sure your efficacy is going to be down but actually going early in that case might actually be better than waiting a couple weeks for higher efficacy can you think of a situation where that may be the right thinking
1: so obviously when we plant our crop we want it to be weed free that is kind of all of our critical period of weed control for that in-crop setup. is all dependent on having no weeds at the time of seeding. Those, those weeds that occur before seeding, during seeding, and just after, those are the ones that have the hugest yield impact. So right, later application, which will have a high efficacy, will do a really good job. It will have a, reduce the yield impact of weeds. That being said, there are a few scenarios where spraying quite early in spring might have a positive effect. I know this year, parts of Western Canada are fairly dry, If we have these large overwintering uh, winter annuals, they're fairly large. And in the, you know, depending on where you are, from now till seeding could be a month, four weeks. And if they start growing at some point, that couple weeks of growing, they can really reduce soil moisture. So if soil moisture is already somewhat of a limiting factor, controlling winter annuals, especially larger winter annuals early, can save some soil moisture that's probably the biggest one the other thing is i guess if we have again large overwintering winter annuals controlling them while they're hopefully a little bit smaller might be good if they have another two to three weeks of growing time by the time we get into our glyphosate application rate during the time of seeding they might be fairly large which could make them harder to control
0: and that makes me think of cleavers which is one of those weeds um, that you do want to get in that early pre-seed window because uh, once they get large uh, they (laughs) get tougher and you already need a fairly high uh, glyphosate rate in the in the spring pre-seed burn to to get some good control anyway
1: yeah cleavers are one you definitely want to spray when they're small so if they if they're actively growing well before seeding spraying them fairly quick is a good idea other things things like dandelions which may overwinter and then start actually setting seed during the time of seeding or right around the time of seeding. If you can control those dandelions before they actually set seed, that's perfect.
0: Yeah. And I can see how growers rightfully so would want to at least think they want to wait in this pre-seed window closer to the time of seeding because I mean, that's, that's going to take care of the weeds that are there, hopefully. But, but would there Given an early spring, would there be a strategy where two pre-seed applications would actually be preferred?
1: It really depends where you are in Western Canada and how much, and, and the gap between when the weeds start actively growing and when the, you're actually able to seed the crop. So, for large parts of Western Canada, likely there's not too many scenarios where that would be important. So this year we are having an early spring is a really early spring in parts of Western Canada. And again, if you're dry, if you have a heavy population of overwintering uh, a- a- a winter annuals, there there is opportunity for that. And especially as, if you're, if you're between uh, the the winter annual starting to grow and seeding, if that's a three, four week window, that's a huge window for those weeds to take up not only moisture, but also nutrients. So Again, it's something where scouting is key. If you can get in your field, see what weeds do I have, how many of them are there, are they actively growing? That'll help make a lot of those decisions.
0: So you do you do the scout and you see that you you do have a lot of cleavers, and you have uh, perhaps you have canola planned for that field. Um, so we know we know the plan you, you got to get them early because you're in crop canola options are maybe limited what if you've got cleavers and you've got a cereal crop plant cleavers in particular strikes me as one of those weeds that that would really benefit from a whole rotation approach um yeah what, what yeah. would your thoughts be there
1: yeah, absolutely. So glyphosate is does work really well on cleavers, but again, it's a high it's a high risk for developing glyphosate resistance. So we want to add a tank mix partner, especially before our cereals. In cereals, again, we have lots of really good options. So we can use uh, probably the most commonly used are some of our group twos. Prepass would be a good example of this. Prepass does well on glyphosate or uh, well on cleavers. You tank mix it with glyphosate. You have two modes of action working to kill those cleavers, which reduces resistance. The one thing to be aware of is that prepass is a group 2. So if you have group 2-resistant cleavers, the group 2 prepass isn't doing any of that heavy lifting as far as efficacy. Glyphosate is doing all of it. So if you have group 2-resistant cleavers, uh, prepass probably isn't your best option. Something with heat, which is a group 14. Some of the group 14s do really well on glyphosate. You're also improving control of other weeds, but heat is a good one that will help your cleaver control and reduce the selection pressure on glyphosate.
0: Yeah, so that just to emphasize, I mean, those are products you'd use ahead of cereals. You wouldn't want to use them ahead of canola, but it does show that you, I mean, if you want to really hit cleavers hard in the spring, that, that uh, those cereal situations would actually be really ideal.
1: Yeah, the key, the key with cleaver control is managing it throughout your rotation. In canola, we can get good control but we have limited options. In cereals, we have a wide variety of options. So making sure really good uh, cleaver control in canola starts with the year before in your cereals, making sure we're reducing the, the return to the seed bank, controlling the overwintering population, and then i will help clean it up. So our canola options, which are sometimes a little bit marginal, work really well. That's great, Ian. Yeah. Anything else? Um, one thing to consider is that, I guess, if you're spraying really, really early, uh, if it, it's cold out still, Plants are going to have a waxy, thicker cuticle, so make sure that we are getting the proper amount of water on. One thing with glyphosate, we know that glyphosate works well at low water rates, but when you're adding a tank mix partner, some of these tank mix partners, something like heat, which is more of a contact herbicide, it requires a bit of a higher water rate, so make sure we're not having our water rate being too, too low, especially when we have a thick cuticle and it's a little harder to get into the plant, so make sure we don't cut our rate too much when we're tank mixing some of these products with glyphosate. How do you tell if it's got a thick cuticle? Um, probably the easiest rule of thumb is is that we have considerable amounts of cold nights. The plants are slow growing first thing in spring. Cuticle thickness really depends on environmental conditions. So cold temperatures, slow growing plant likely has a thicker cuticle. Once we get to the middle of summer, we have really high temperatures. Plants are growing really, really quickly. That cuticle thins out a little bit.
0: Right on, thanks Ian. This has been a Canola Watch podcast with Jay Wetter. For more on cleavers management, pre-seed weed control, and pretty much anything else about canola, go to our Canola Watch website at www.canolawatch.org. Thanks for listening.